as a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump. Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is the Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis. Welcome to Thursday on the Jenna Ellis Show. I'm Jenna Ellis and so excited to have Congressman Jim Jordan uh, here with me in studio today. And before we get to his uh, amazing interview, I have so many questions for him that I know that you're going to want to hear. I want to talk to you first about the total failure of government, which obviously Jim Jordan agrees with. Uh, We've had the botched exit from Afghanistan. It makes us less safe than we have been in years. Disastrous economic policies have inflation soaring. Even your freedoms and liberties are at risk with all of these outrageous government overreach mandates, the closing of businesses, um, and all of these things that violate our Constitution and our fundamental freedoms. The bottom line is that we are in the midst of a failed presidency and things are going to get worse. So now is the time for Americans to take steps to protect our finances and retirements. When times are turbulent, you need an asset that protects you. And that's why I believe in investing in gold and trust my friends at Legacy Precious Metals. Gold offers a hedge against inflation and protects you from the volatile financial markets. Legacy Precious Metals is a company that you can trust to give you good and patient counsel for your personal situation. Their team of experts has decades of experience helping Americans like you and me make the right decision for ourselves and our families. So call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-528-1903. That's 866-528-1903. Or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. And I'm here today with Congressman Jim Jordan, who is one of my favorite people to talk to. You're and kind. And uh, no, really, you always have a lot to say. And today we're talking um, about what's going on, of course, mm-hmm. in culture in Joe Biden's America, which is absolutely yeah. tragic. Uh, but also, you just recently published a new book mm-hmm. called Do What You Said You Would Do. Yeah. Uh, so talk to me about this book and why it was so important at this moment in time. Well, uh, first of all, thank, thank thank you for having and and all the good work you're doing. Uh, look, look, the title is 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 what I think we should be focused on as as someone in in public life. Uh, what'd you tell the voters you were going to do when you ran for the job? If they give you the privilege of serving them, their family, their community, their business, um, go do what you said. And um, <clears throat> so I think that's uh, how we should how we should operate. Certainly, the guy who did it best, and we write a lot about this in the book. Uh, a lot about the. Is 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 President Trump? I mean, he did more of what he said he would do than any president in in our lifetime, and, and I'm, I'm a lot older than you. In, in my lifetime, maybe in the history of the country, mm-hmm. and so we have a lot in the in the book about the sort of behind the scenes interactions and involvement with the president, um, and we talk a lot about the Freedom Caucus. I, I think your 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 viewers and listeners will, um, I think they will enjoy the read. We we get into every big investigation. Uh, whether the the IRS targeting the the Russia 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 collusion baloney that that the, the dossier and all the stuff involved with that and Comey and McCabe and a lot of time on impeachment uh, particularly the first impeachment where um, one of the stories we relate is when uh, my, my my good friend Matt Gates and and Steve Scalise and others stormed the bunker in the basement of the Capitol and joined those of us who were in there doing the depositions and how Adam Schiff reacted and he got him mad it was it was. <laughs> So we, we get into all that, um, and, and like I said, also we talk about the Freedom Caucus, how we came, how we reformed, and, and uh, a lot of the things that Mark Meadows, my one of my best friends, uh, 
a lot of things he and I were involved with. So you can go to Amazon, you can go to you can go to Barnes and Noble, and you can pre-order now. Yeah, this is exciting. So when is the actual launch date for the book? Twenty third uh, is the date it comes out, but uh, of November. Yeah, yeah, but we've been pleased with uh, the. the the number of people who are ordering it, you know, pre-ordering. Yeah, it said um, bestseller when I went on and looked well, on Amazon let's, let's and hope ordered it stays my copy, there. Yeah, so. let's hope it stays yeah. there and keeps keeps climbing. But thank you again for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, going back to um, to some of the investigations and impeachment, that's the first time actually I met you was during uh, the first sure impeachment. Was at the White House. I still, yeah, at the White House, and I still remember that story of going in with um, a few uh, other uh, Congress members and talking to the president. And um, you know, that was one of my first times up in the residence. And I think it was like right after. Um, maybe if I remember right, it was at the at the, at the West Wing. Uh, no, no, we went up to the we residence went up area. To That's the right. Residence. Yeah, because it was and a it weekend. Was, I think it was right after the vote. And remember, remember the vote. Yes. The conventional wisdom was when the Democrats started impeachment that all the Democrats were going to vote to impeach President Trump, and several Republicans would join them. And as it turned out, because we came together as a team and we we, we were so focused, both folks on the outside, folks in in, in the Congress. Um, we came together and worked so hard that in the end it was every single Republican voted against impeaching the president, and some Democrats joined us, and one even changed parties. So, um, and it was right after that vote that we we were in the White House talking about what you know what what it was going to be like and how things were going to be handled in the in the Senate. Yeah, and it was a it was a truly fascinating experience. I think not only for American history in that particular moment in time, but I'm so grateful that there were advocates like you, like uh, Congressman Mike Johnson, who's one of my other favorite people in Washington. Uh, you know, John Radcliffe was there with us and uh, so many other great uh, patriots who really understand that this was all about just targeting President Trump. I mean, every single investigation, every single hoax, it's amazing how much he actually got done in spite of having to deal with that. In spite of having every Democrat in this town against him, everyone in the mainstream press against Against him, everyone in the bureaucracy against him, and some of the Republicans against him got more done, did more what he said than any president ever. And um, yeah, what these the Democrats? They they, <laughs> I always jokingly say they tried to impeach him before he even got into office. They tried to you know they tried to yeah. remove him from office before he got there. They tried to remove him while he was there, and then they tried to remove him after he'd already left. Um, this is how obsessed they were, and it really what I think you look back is in 2017 we there was a group of us who started to figure out this whole russian collusion thing was a joke the dossier was made up national Enquirer garbage um and we started to figure it out and a handful of folks in the in the press a handful of members in congress said this is crazy and we started pushing back and and the first one out um was devin and what they did to congressman nunes i mean what the left and the media did to him terrible uh but there were a few of us who then came in as well and 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 uh push back on this and we got the truth mm -hmm. to the American people. Yeah, and thankfully you did. And and as you're saying, you know, they tried to take out President Trump before, during and after office. And the biggest question I think on a lot of conservatives minds and of course the Democrats are afraid of is will President Trump run in twenty twenty four? So looking ahead to the midterms in twenty twenty four, what's your anticipation of whether President Trump will run? Um, I think he's going to. I think yeah. he's been pretty clear about it. Uh, yeah. And so so what are you anticipating in Congress in terms of uh, what the Democrats are preparing to stop that from happening. Well, that's why they got this crazy January sixth thing. I mean, you know, everyone knows President Trump didn't do anything wrong, uh, but they're 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 yes. going to talk about January sixth. It's a completely partisan. Uh, I like to say nine Democrats on, on the on the committee. They wouldn't let uh, first time in history 
where the minority leader wasn't allowed to name the individuals he or she wanted on a select committee. I mean, I served on the Benghazi Select Committee. I'm currently on a select committee, the, the Coronavirus Select Committee, um, but we couldn't be on the, the January 6th uh, Select Committee. Um, makes no sense. But this is all they got because everything else they've done has been terrible. I mean, you know, I, I always say we went from a secure border to chaos. I mean, think about how bad it's gotten in 10 months. All the great policies we've had under President Trump to where we are now. Secure border to chaos, energy independence, to the spectacle of of the President of the United States begging OPEC to increase production. $7 gas in a few cities in California. I mean, we went from relatively safe streets to, to violent crime on the, on the increase in every major urban area. We went from stable prices and, and rising wages to crazy inflation. We went from respect around the world. I mean, you can just everything. So what can they talk about? Oh, January 6th, because we can go after President Trump because he's going to run again. We all we all I, I'm convinced he's going to. Um, and he's going to win. He's going to win because the country has figured out that this is one guy who truly does want to make America great again and is willing to fight for them. And that's that's what we need. And, and they see it even more clearly, I think, now in light of just how bad Biden has been. Yeah, so what, what do you see then as the outcome of the select committee? How long are they going to perpetuate this kind of narrative? Because we saw with the Russian collusion hoax, they dragged that out for as long yeah. as they could. And then as soon as uh, the timing was done and Mueller uh, actually testified and looked like a total idiot, mm -hmm. they knew, okay, mm -hmm. this is finally dead. And it was that, it was literally the next day that the first impeachment hoax phone call happened. And I'm convinced no matter what happened, on that day in August, they would have tried to impeach him over You're something. So right, the the day after Mueller testified was the day of the phone call between President Trump and and President Zelensky, mm -hmm. and, and there they go. They had this the anonymous whistleblower, you know, uh, that we never got to interview. We never got to, only one got to talk to him was 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 Adam. I talk a lot about this in the book too. Was was Adam Schiff's staff. Um, even though Adam Schiff initially said, "Well, I'll get to hear from the whistleblower," but yeah, it happened. Yeah, well, the they lie. Happened, <laughs> happened the very <laughs> next day. And uh, so they're never going to stop going after President Trump. So how long the January 6th commission goes? Who knows? Who knows? Um, my guess is it, it, it goes until the Republicans take back the House, which I think we're going to do um, next November. I mean, I think we're going to win. If the election were today, I think we'd win big. Uh, I think there's a good chance we win big. And before I continue my interview with Congressman Jim Jordan, it is also time for holiday cleaning. Before you replace your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. The antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. I have had a dog and I know this very well. So it can be used in carpet cleaning uh, machines and it is green, so safe for your family and your pets. Genesis 950 is also made in America. We love that. So if you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and a $10 coupon. But you have to use code Jenna, that's J-E-N-N-A, and that's Genesis950.com. The coupon is only available for the one gallon purchase. So go to Genesis950.com, which is much, much cheaper than replacing your carpets. 
And I think so, too, in terms of the actual vote. But that gets into election integrity issues. And that's something that, of course, the left, including the mainstream media, there's so much pressure to not talk about election integrity. And it was interesting to me seeing the headlines of uh, Biden now nominating this kind of, you know, czar over election integrity. That's um, a GOP person who is the Washington Secretary of State who uh, came out against President Trump and now is some kind of token uh, Republican who's really, I think, a a rhino and Democrat light. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they characterize this in the media as not election integrity, but against election interference. And so kind of that manipulation of terms is very telling. And so for a lot of people who are very concerned about participating in the next elections and saying, you know, yeah, we know that President Trump will win. We know that Republicans will take back the House, but will they really? What is your confidence? level and what's your posture on election integrity uh, a couple things one <clears throat> states where we can we're, we're, we're tightening up the law to to ensure integrity uh, like Georgia and it's, it's why you saw the left go after them so hard because they actually did the right thing they said we want to make it uh, easier to vote harder to cheat we want to have photo ID we want I mean, the, the, you know things common sense things that every rational common sense American knows should be the law so we have that that happening I also think we're all going to be watching so closely in 22 and 24 in light of what happened in 20 we're gonna like we're gonna be like hawks just watching this stuff um so i think i think that'll help us and frankly i think america's gonna show up and vote in 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 such strong numbers because they're tired of the biden the biden america which is so bad um but the part that frustrates me the most and i'm sure is with you as well jenna is that they were allowed to investigate the 2016 election for four years they said all kinds of lies about that, but we're not allowed to investigate the 2020 election for four minutes. Right. I mean, think about it. I mean, so I, I remember saying this almost a year ago now uh, after the election. I said, so, so we're not allowed to because we called for an investigation. Mm-hmm. Mr. Comer and I and others in the, in the in Republicans in the House with hearings where you could cross-examine witnesses, where you could get to the get to the facts and the truth and have the attention of the national media on it. When you do an investigation, hearings like that in Congress, you get the kind of attention that the, the American people, yeah, it deserves, and and, the American, and that's how you get to the truth. So uh, think about the election. Uh, Joe Biden would do an event. He'd put like seven circles on the ground. Remember, remember <laughs> yes, that? Yeah, the white, the big yeah. white circles. And five people would show up, yeah. and a, and then a couple other people would honk their horns, and they called that a rally. Yeah. President Trump would do an event like he did in Butler County, Pennsylvania. Fifty thousand people. I've been to some of the Trump rallies. I know you have oh, to, yeah. as well. They're they're huge. Amazing. So. He gets 50,000 people. President Trump got 11 million more votes than he got in, in 16, increased his vote with Hispanic Americans, increased his vote with African Americans, won 19 to 20 bellwether counties, won Ohio by eight, Iowa by eight, Florida by three. House Republicans won 27 out of 27 toss-up races around the country. But somehow, somehow, he lost to the guy who barely left his house. It's absurd. So, so I always say, maybe, maybe that'll happen. But I got a lot of folks who I represent, <clears throat> good people, good, honest people, and all kinds of millions of people around the country who think, maybe we should check it out. Yeah. Maybe we should just investigate. And that's all I've ever asked. I've never said it was stolen. I've never said it was rigged. I said, in light of all that, let's check. Plus, not, not to mention the, the, the things we saw on early in the morning that Wednesday after the election with Vox. I mean, so why don't we just check it out? Maybe maybe it was all fine. Maybe the mail-in balloting because of coronavirus and all this stuff, maybe. But I'd kind of like to check it out in a thorough way. But the Democrats reluctant. Nope, can't do that. 
Well, you just spent four years investigating an election that we all know President Trump won, but we're, we can't investigate one with all these these concerns. So that's the part that troubles so many Americans, and it's why we have to be on top of the 20. And the other thing we got to do, and you know this as, as, as a good attorney, um, when they change things in the run-up to an election, last-minute changes in election law, we got to take them to court because they did unconstitutional things in the last election in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, where they changed the election law without going through the legislature. Absolutely. And that's, that's I think, another piece of it that is frustrating so many Americans is that we can't even ask questions, for one thing. Otherwise, we're bullied. We're called names. We're called, you know, insurrectionists. You want to overturn the election. It was not in any way, shape, or form about overturning anything, as you said. It was all about getting to the truth and asking those questions yep. and substantively going into court and challenging something yep. and challenging the manipulation or just complete ignoring of the rules. And it's been uh, fascinating to me to see how the judiciary – kicked out everything and still continues to. I mean, even um, just the other day in Texas, uh, I was on Newsmax and there was uh, another judge that on the the mail-in voting issue just said, well, because of standing, this is too vague. You don't have a particularized harm. So we're not even going to contemplate this. Where Justice Thomas, when they mooted out the two cases in Pennsylvania, his dissent to me was brilliant because Mm. he said, why are we punting this? And why aren't we curing this to have the American people have confidence for the next election. Why is election law the one thing that we can't even discuss or debate in America? And I think the answer to that is pretty clear, Yeah. right? Yeah, Uh, Justice Thomas has been been tremendous. And you're right, so many Americans want to know what happened here, what, 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 what took place. And Justice Thomas wants to give some, some closure to this and, and some, some uh, standard to this as, as, we, as we move forward. And I think that is, that is needed. Uh, you look at Pennsylvania. I mean, remember, Pennsylvania legislature, the law in Pennsylvania was election ends at, the election ends at 8 o'clock Tuesday. Well, the Secretary Reasonable. of State. <laughs> That's the law. Actually, not the Secretary of State. They went to the partisan Supreme Court, state Supreme Court, mm-hmm. not, not the federal state Supreme Court. And they said, no, it doesn't. Forget what the legislature did. Forget what the Constitution requires. If the legislature passed the laws, forget all that. Election doesn't end at 8 o'clock Tuesday. It now ends at 5 o'clock Friday. They just extended the election three days. You're like, how, how can you possibly do that? <laughs> and the Secretary of State um, said, uh, even though the law said you have to have a signature match, signature verification for, uh, for the ballots, she said, well, but not for mail-in ballots. She just unilaterally decided, went around the legislature again, and did that for 2.6 million ballots in Pennsylvania. That was why I objected, and so many mm-hmm. people did, to uh, on January 6th to to the election results in Pennsylvania because they did unconstitutional changes to the election law that definitely impacted um, the the election process. And that's what, uh, Congressman, so many people don't want to talk about on January 6th. They want to make January 6th about this, you know, quote-unquote insurrection. They want to make it about, you know, President Trump and nothing about the substance of what he actually said, which is that uh, people are peacefully and patriotically making their voices yep. heard and talking about election integrity. And so if we haven't, uh, by November of next year, and and we were just talking this morning, I can't believe it's been almost a year since the last election, Um, so much has happened, but if we, uh, what do you think that we need to get done over this next year in particularly the swing states, but especially um, in terms of just the state of the nation to make sure that people are confident that their vote is going to count? Tell you what'll help, tell you what'll help a lot is if if, uh, Youngkin uh, wins the Virginia governor's race. Yeah. Um, this, um, you know, the, the comments from Terry McAuliffe, the actions of the attorney general regarding parents 
just moms and dads going to school board meetings, speaking up on behalf of their kids, the fact that they don't want a, a racist, hate America curriculum taught to their kids. And uh, just because they're speaking out, uh, the Justice Department is going to set up a open line of dedicated communication and all this. So if, if, if Youngkin can win this thing, and it's close, and it's tough, it's an uphill fight because Virginia is it's just tough. But if that happens, I think that'll that'll not only show that there's this, you know, we're standing up for our freedoms, but also I think it'll it'll persuade people they need to get out and vote, and we can we can we can win these uh, these races. So I think that'll be an important thing, and that's coming here in, in less than a week. Yeah, that'll be really exciting here in Virginia, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, so then so looking forward to the next year as well, uh, and and talking about your book, what are the things that you're going to be focused on while the Republicans are still in the minority? Um, not just to get to, obviously, the majority in 2022, yeah. but what do you think is most important for the American people to focus on what Washington's doing? Look, look. as I said before, Democrats are doing everything bad. You know, bad tax policy, bad they're crazy spending, bad on the border. They're, they're just – everything is wrong. But the most important thing in my judgment is what they're, what they're doing to the First Amendment. Mm. Every single right we enjoy as Americans has been assaulted by the left over the last year. You're, you think about the five liberties you have under the First Amendment, your right to practice your faith, right to assemble – right to petition your government, freedom of press, freedom of speech. Every single one of them has been attacked. And we don't have time to get into all of them, but think about the first one. Very first right mentioned in the Bill of Rights in the First Amendment, your right, your freedom of religion. There are still places in America today where a full congregation cannot meet on a Sunday morning because of stupid lockdown measures from, from Democrats. Um, and speech, what the cancel culture mob, what big tech, what big government is doing to your right to speak, I mean, it's scary. So... The, the Judiciary Committee, which I've had the privilege of serving on since, my, since I got to Congress and now have the privilege of being the top Republican on the committee, um, that is the committee that historically has defended the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and your First Amendment, your Second Amendment, your Fourth Amendment liberties. And right now what we see from the Democrats is an assault on all those. So if we we got to push back on that, speak out against it. Every time someone they try to cancel someone, every time they come after us, they come after one mom who speaks at a school board meeting. Make sure the next time that next school board meeting there are ten moms there, and then the next time there are forty moms there. That, that, that's how that's how you push back. And then when we get in the majority, uh, Lord willing, if I'm chair of the Judiciary Committee, I'm going to focus on protecting people's rights. That that is the fundamental responsibility of government. Um, President Trump gets that. Governor DeSantis gets that. Um, and lots of Republicans around the country get it, and the American people understand it as well. Yeah, they definitely do, and I think a lot of people are very concerned over the last 18 months, but especially the last 10 months of Biden, how quickly our rights and our liberties can be taken away by an Scary. overreaching, tyrannical government. And I've been getting questions the most of speaking of free exercise of religion about the vaccine mandate and so many private companies who are even unwilling to give religious exemptions. Yeah. And um, I assume that a lot of your constituents are very concerned about very the same thing. So. What's your advice and comment to them in terms push of back, fighting back? Push back, strengthen numbers, and freedom is contagious. I mean, think about it. Kyrie Irving, then it's the Chicago Police Union. It's moms and dads at school board meetings. It's Dan Bongino. It's Jenna Ellis. It just keeps like more and more people just keep pushing back. That's how we stop this. And Governor DeSantis said it well. He says, my job is not to protect and, 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 and businesses or corporations or, or this or that. or pri- My job is to protect your rights, your liberties. And I'm going to do it in a way that's good for the economy, good for business. But my fundamental responsibility is to protect your, your freedoms. And that's, that's the mindset Republicans have to have. That's, that's what our party is about. Um, 
So we just need to we just need to stay focused on that and speak out against this. I think I think the vaccine mandate is going to get challenged in court. It already is being there. I think we're going to we're going to win in the long term. Short term, people need to stand up and defend freedom. Yeah, short term, I think that's where people are really concerned because they're thinking, well, in the short term, can I lose my job for five or six or eight or 12 months? And for the people who've said, you know, I just, I don't know if I can do that. I'm going to just be compelled uh, to go along with this. That's where we end up losing the fight. And it's so hard because if we give in that inch, um, I've told a lot of my listeners, you know, if they can, if the federal government can compel you to inject something into your body under the auspices of health and safety, what can they not do yeah. under the auspices of health and safety? Yeah, it's scary. It, it's scary. it really is. And so just in the last few minutes that we have here with you, Congressman, um, and I really appreciate your time. Yeah, it's always you. so great to, to speak with you. Um, I, I want to circle back, like Jen Psaki, right, um, to um, that, that phrase has gotten so, like, you can't even use it anymore. Yeah. Um, but to your book, and everyone should go on Amazon and get it, um, do what you said you would do. Uh, tell me your favorite story in the book what was the one you had the most fun writing or the most fun recalling because so many people love all of the stories about trump when i get to talk about that you know in media and on all of that people always want to know you know what is trump enjoyed the first time uh, mark meadows and i sat down with president trump in the oval office back in 2017 i tell that story but the introduction of the book is interesting too because i talk about um i go clear back to 2015 when um, the day Mark, um, Mark Meadows actually filed the motion to vacate the chair, mm-hmm. which uh, hadn't been done in like 90-some years. Uh, and that, that moment, there was a moment where Mark is, I'm sitting where we typically sit in the back of the chamber on the House floor. Mark, I just happen to look up and I see Mark down in the, down in the well of the House at the dais uh, leaning over and he's getting ready to sign. And I looked down, I see him and I thought, because we, we, we were talking about this, debating this, but we didn't know Mark was going to do it that day. I mean, the Freedom Caucus was. And um, he's down there, and, and there's a moment where he's getting ready to sign, and he actually pauses. And he, he kind of turns and looks up, and you can just tell he's thinking. I write, I, And, you know, he's thinking hard because this is a big – it hadn't happened. Had not happened in 90-some years. Um, and, that, and, it, and then he starts to bring his gaze down, and for some reason he looks back, and he and I just lock eyes. And I look at him, and I, I know what he's doing, and he knows I know what he's doing. And then there's just this kind of smile that starts to form on his face. And it wasn't – I point this out in the, in the intro. It, it wasn't a smirk. It wasn't a, like, we're going to get John Boehner kind of smile. It, it was just, here we go. Yeah. We're going to do something big. And and he turned, signed the, the thing, and it set in motion this two-month process where something that's never happened in American history, the Speaker of the House – steps down midterm not because of some scandal not because of some health concern simply because he didn't have the votes to stay in power and uh, I remember that moment where we locked when Mark and I just were looking at each other and he turned and I'm like okay this is going to get crazy and it did and um, you know um, two months later uh, John Boehner stepped down and we, 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 we had to take that action because Republicans weren't doing what we said we were going to do you know, we were elected to do certain things that we just weren't, and it was it was unfortunate that I had to come to that. But so that's the introduction of the book. There's some other great stories, like I said, the the storm in the bunker with with Gates and, <laughs> and Scalise coming in when we were in there, and Adam Schiff storming out of the meeting, saying he wants to talk to me, so I have to go to his office and we talk, and it's just funny. So I, I I know your I know your viewers will enjoy it if they uh, if they get it. Oh yeah, and they they absolutely should. And those are the stories that are part of American history. And I think over the last. 
um, especially six years and with President Trump, there were a lot of firsts and there were a lot of things that Republicans, I think, took more courage than our party has in a while. And um, and I think that's a really great tenor of something that President Trump was able to do, was to so give true. people courage. So true. Freedom is contagious. Courage is contagious. President Trump showed the country you can stand up to the swamp. You can stand up to the bureaucracy. You can stand up to the, to the press who's always coming up with some fake story. You can stand up and defend the things that, are, that make our country the greatest country ever and uh, gave a lot of people inspiration. That's why, that's why I wanted to run again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Congressman Jim Jordan, you're standing up with courage and boldness, and that's why people love and respect you. That's why you're one of my favorite people in Washington to talk Thank to. You. And so everyone, get get his new book, uh, Do What You Said You Would Do. And I think that's just a brilliant title. And if every single elected official had that attitude, can you imagine what our government would look like as compared to Joe Biden. So thank you so much thank for joining you. me today. This was fun and would love to see you again soon. We'll do it. Thanks. Thanks. Great. That was great. And thank uh, you, only Jen. That was good. Yeah. You're good at this stuff. Oh, thanks. Well, it's it's really easy when there's so many things. Like I just always think if I was sitting at home, you know, and I 